With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, folks, we're back. Basketball edition. Had a, like I said, uh, well, no, you didn't hear like I said, because I had to restart twice. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, thanks, Eli. <laughs> Technology starts sometimes and annoying. But this is us, MWR.com, Jeremy Moss, Eli Bedker talking hoops. We were going to have a kind of a week two recap, but uh, stuff happened. But it's good we waited. You know why? We can talk about Boise State's amazing half-court victory, half-court shot that led to a victory. We can talk about Colorado State maybe having an offense and why Seth Davis hates Nevada. <laughs> Sounds like three key ingredients to a good podcast. Should be. Our Twitter, our Twitter game is pretty strong on the football side. People, people hate us, so that's cool. Um, it happens. We were going to talk, our last show we did about, most of it, about uh, Thanksgiving week, Feast week, all that fun stuff. I guess we'll sort of start that, but not really, because it's a week, two weeks old by now. But we did want to touch on San Diego State, the Wooden Legacy, where they uh, they got second place, but Washington, Washington State kind of screwed them over in the RPI category. Yeah, they blew that. Cougs lost to UC Davis at home oh, and I that. lost really? by double digits. Oh. Yep, yesterday. So that one really stings. Not just that, but they missed out a chance to beat St. Mary's. So will probably still be a top 50 team by the time the season's over, I'm guessing. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they lost to Washington State, who, what were they? I think they were 191 coming into that tournament. And they are, well, I think they finished out, what, 140, 145? They're now currently, I guess, Ken Palm, 174. Cougars, what are you doing? You're killing us, man. Come on. They dropped 17 spots with that UC Davis loss yesterday. Wow. It's it's good for the Aztecs. They be, did did beat Georgia. They did beat Sac State. They, I don't know. I, I think we our last conversation, like I'm like, Eli, how good is Washington State? You're like, eh, probably not very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and, that was that didn't take long to pan out, did it? I guess that's another good reason we waited. But Aztecs are doing pretty good. We'll stick with them for a moment. They, like I said, they lost to Washington State, lost to Arizona State, who is now, aren't they in the top 20 at the moment? I believe they are. They should be on Monday. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. I got the new poll Monday. So all this ranking stuff we mentioned might be dated. As of last week, they're sitting at 21 undefeated. So it's could be a good, quote, good loss. But you got to hope they do well because the Pac-12 isn't very strong outside of UC, USC. UCLA is usually pretty good. But uh, Washington, I'm still upset at Washington State. Who's your coach? Who can I send hate mail to, Eli? You got Ernie Kent over there. Ah, former, former, Oregon. former Oregon head, oh, head coach. Oregon. So, at least the good thing for the Aztecs is they have two quality games coming up, uh, or at least semi-quality, because they do have California at home, and the Golden Bears are down this year, but they are a Pac-12 squad regardless, and then they have a big matchup also in San Diego against Gonzaga, which could very well be a top 10 team at that point. That'll be on December 21st, and that's a huge matchup for the Aztecs. That will be huge, and today they played Bradley, and we are about to round out the um, the coveted distinguished, honorable Missouri Valley Valley Challenge. They beat Bradley 75-52. And I believe I saw a tweet from the Aztecs. It counts that Watson, let's see, he surpassed 1,000 points in his career. So that's good for him. Congratulations. He scored nine today. Which Oh, he needed eight points. Only scored nine. Don't, I thought he was supposed to be the scorer. What's up with nine points today? Yeah, I believe he's, I believe he's still leading the team in scoring. I could be wrong. 
But it's a it's a blowout win over Bradley that gets the job done. And um, for whatever reason, we have another tie in the Missouri Valley Mountain West Challenge. So that's extremely anticlimactic after um, what was what we we weren't expecting much coming to this conference challenge, and it didn't really deliver much at all either. Yeah, one another quick note. What's up with Trey Kell? He didn't play again today. Is it something they're just waiting for him to be fully healthy for like Gonzaga and Cal? Or he could be out for a while because he's missed, what, two or three straight games, I believe. Well, it, he was a game-time decision against San Diego, um, and I believe he at least had a little bit of action warm-ups or um, at least was near the court or in the warm-ups. <laughs> so it sounds like uh, probably precaution for these last two games that he didn't play. And you definitely want to have him for California, especially uh, against Gonzaga as well. So... They they notched two wins without him, which is good, and hopefully he'll be back for those next two matchups. So with Aztecs, they got it's Cal Cal's probably going to be done before we record next time. That's a next uh, it's upcoming next game. It's on what day is the ninth? It's uh, a week from now. It's on Saturday. Oh, maybe the finals week or something because we're recording Sunday, so we got a week. Maybe we'll get to that game. Maybe not. Who knows? If we podcast before them, probably not. But it's a good game because Cal they are sitting they're in the Pac twelve, one of the decent Pac twelve teams, I guess, but. Really quick, uh, if you check out the uh, like teamrankings.com, those um, those type of guys, do you want to take a gander of what the Aztecs a win percentage is against this Cal Golden Bear team? Probably uh, between 75 and 80 maybe. Higher. Higher than that. Wow, what is it? 89% on teamrankings.com or I mean, ESPN Power Index. I yeah, I'd buy that. I first, I mean, first of all, it's tough to win at Viejas, regardless whether you're top twenty-five team or you're awful. And California's—they've uh, they've struggled in the early going. They lost their opener to UC Riverside, Ooh. and they've played quality teams since then. I, I actually, hold on a minute. They lost to Shamanad. I forgot about that one. Yeah, I can't forget yeah. Shamanad. He's getting booted out of their own. They got destroyed by Shamanad. Yeah. What's so they have two oh, awful losses. Yeah. So they're. They're a bit of a mess. They got their first-year coach, and they have their hands full heading to San Diego to play the Aztecs. So I think SDSU should be fine regarding their chances in that one. They're also 137 Kemp bomb today, so that might – they'll probably probably beat Central Arkansas next game, but I don't know if that will hurt or help them in that regard. Yeah. I mean, we, did, we didn't expect them to lose to UC Riverside or Chaminade either, so I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. So they, they're a team where they – it's still early, early to tell, but they're kind of in the area we thought they'd be. Speaking of, obviously, San Diego State. Uh, you, we had our power rankings. We're filling out this week. Did you? Uh, Where did you put the Aztecs? I had them at number three. I had them behind Wyoming, and Wyoming had a bit of a rough week. Um, so I'll keep an eye on that. But I think we still haven't seen the best out of San Diego State this season. They've had games where they've looked good against weird competition, and they've had games where they've been a bit exposed against some tougher teams. So I guess we'll know more as time goes on. But to say that they're anything worse than a top-four team in this league, I think it's pretty silly. So wait, so by saying that you have Nevada, Wyoming, then San Diego State? I I did last week, yes. No, I meant the one that it's doing right now for upcoming. What do, Have you voted yet, oh. or have you decided? I have voted yet. I actually have Boise State at number two now. Okay, so do I went uh, Nevada, Boise... I did stick UNLV three. We'll get to that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I put Aztecs four because that's about right. It's we'll see. Washington State had a good game, good run. That's fine for them. But hopefully by the end of the season, if it does come to at large consideration, maybe the Pac twelve will bring them up a bit. Because wasn't it like two years ago, three years ago, 
I think 10 of the 12 are top 100 RPI teams in the Pac-12. So maybe it'll be considered a good loss. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's it's possible. And losing two Pac-12 teams in the end of the world, obviously you would have liked to have looked better in that Arizona State game, but that's how that goes. So hopefully you move to 2-2 two and two against Power Conference opponents, and then you have that big one against Gonzaga, which all eyes will be on that matchup because Bulldogs have some talented players and potentially some mismatches against the San Diego State team. So if Aztecs look good and are able to win that game, I think that'll be huge for them because they move into conference play after that one. All right, let's move on to Wyoming. We didn't talk about them in our previous show, so let's, let's give them some love this week. Because there's 12 teams, or 11 teams, sorry. A lot of basketball, a lot of games. But they played Drake on Sunday, double overtime. So were they the team that helped get the tie for the Valley Challenge? But double overtime, they beat Drake by seven. Drake's, eh, they're okay, right? Yeah, they're decent. I, I still don't think that Wyoming should have let Drake hang around because I think that the Cowboys are the better team. But they did end up getting the victory, even though it wasn't easy. The game did go into double overtime, like you said. Alan Herndon had a career night. Ooh, he was boy. amazing. He had 32 points and career-high six threes, four blocks. He's been excellent this year, and I'm, I'm glad we stuck him in our top 25 for the second consecutive year because yeah. uh, a lot of the attention goes to Hayden Dalton and Justin James, which is understandable, but Alan Herndon is about as good as number three guys come in this league. Yeah, that was good. those two guys each had double-doubles. So why don't we sit in at, what, 6-2? and two? So their team, like, I think they have a pretty good talent in coaching Alan Edwards year two. But, like, they've lost to Denver, which is kind of weird because Air Force beat Denver. So I don't. Yeah, that, that is weird. That was a weird. Lost by 10. That was a road game, but Denver's not very good. Are they in the Summit League? Or are they in the WAC? They've pop, pop, bounced around the past couple years. They are in the Summit, and it's weird to see Wyoming have their worst defensive night of the season against Denver, and then uh, Denver follows it up, uh, losing to Air Force in a game that they, I believe they led by 25 or 26 points. Yeah. So that's just bizarre. I guess Denver's one of those up and down teams that you can't, you don't really know what to expect out of them. You know, I'm looking at the box score because I didn't watch the Denver Wyoming game at all. I saw the loss, like, oh, crap. Okay, turnover margin: twenty-one turnovers for Denver. Wyoming had just five turnovers. How do you lose a game when you're plus sixteen? The <laughs> That's margin. the first thing that came to mind. Like, how often does a team lose a game when they're plus fifteen in the turnover margin? That's bizarre. I don't know. Let's look at a few things. They well, I guess part of the Denver out rebounded. So I'm assuming I don't have like stat broadcast up, but. Uh, Second chance points are probably a pretty big deal. Uh, Plus Wyoming, twenty in rebounding. Wow. Yeah, Wyoming had more three point shots. I free throws are about the same. It's offensive rebounds were even, so it's like I don't know, man. It's a that's a weird one, man. I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> Look at all. The, I mean, so many players. I mean, so many players from Wyoming were in foul trouble too. You had uh, Adams had fouled out. Akagorski and Herndon both had four. Dalton and Momeka and Redding all had three. So just one of those bizarre games, and it's tough to win on the road. Um, but, yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting one because minus the Cincinnati game where Justin James missed it and the Bearcats just obliterated Wyoming, mm-hmm. the team had looked awesome up to that point, doing a good job closing out games, and they weren't able to do it against Denver. So that's a bit of an odd loss especially since i don't think wyoming led after the first minute so i guess we'll keep an eye on that but they should be fine moving forward and they have a big game coming this week at south carolina so that's the top 50 opponent is that on the espn or the sec network i'm assuming 
I think so, but I can't guarantee that. We'll look it up shortly. But after that, like their non-conference schedule is garbage. They got yeah. Pacific isn't that great this year. They have what? Uh, who else coming up? Uh, Eastern Washington, Texas Southern. Oh, Texas Southern. That's a team who has all road games until conference play. Is that correct? That's right. They I'll... haven't won a game yet, but uh, they have hung around in a few of their games. And, and by the way, that South Carolina game isn't on any major network from what I've found so far. That's not good. But they did have uh, their closest game was at Toledo. They lost by two. That was uh, a couple days ago. They got Oregon. Ah, that's tough, man. I don't know how they do it, man. They got to make their money, but that's unfortunate. That's, a, that's tough. That's tough breaks, man. Very difficult. So yeah. it's not. It's not even on SEC Plus. Got to give us SEC. Plus. I, I haven't. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Oh, it says know. here. I'm on, I'm on the Wyoming website. It says SEC Network. Oh, okay. Plus. No, that's no, weird how it's not listed so, on Kempon, but sorry, SEC Network uh, Plus, which means it's streaming only. Okay. I think some hmm. on DirecTV, which I have, they have a couple like the o- Overflow channels, like Big Ten Network. So it might be that. But typically, safe bet. If you have a go to Watch ESPN, you can get it there if you subscribe. So, okay. I guess that's how to watch that's it. Good. That's gonna be a good because they were Final Four last year. They are not as good this year, but still, it's an SEC team. You said they're a top fifty team, power league team, whatever you want to make of that with South Carolina. But saying you go on the road and beat, uh, hey, plus they're oh no, sorry, that was New- Boise who was out in Myrtle Beach, whatever. I was gonna say back to the place where they lost. No, hmm. but they're only given a fourteen percent chance to win. South Carolina's six and two. Not too bad. Hey, they did lose to Illinois State somehow. <laughs> oh, that was that was such an odd game. I was watching that one because I wanted to tune in for the Puerto Rico tip-off since Boise State was playing. Mm-hmm. That was a weird one. But I think South Carolina's got a pretty solid team, even though they lost a lot from last year's uh, squad. But that should be a good game and a good test for Wyoming because besides Cincinnati, haven't really played that many quality opponents so far. We'll see. All right, so let's uh, get next game. Let's get to uh, let's get to the Rebels. Oh boy, they they're okay. Can we say we're in, we're at the moment incorrect on the Rebels team so far? Sort Definitely, of? yeah. I've I've already stated that. I think that uh, it's probably time for us to own up to the idea that we probably uh, no, we definitely understated what uh, we expected out of them coming into the season. I will say though, you'd be a fool to put them top three. That's all I'm saying. They can exceed expectations all they want, but what they've got, like I'll, I'll back down a little bit, but. No, unless you're like those diehard fans who get us on Twitter, we were going to put the top three. Nobody was because mm-hmm. you haven't seen Brandon McCoy and all the other transfers coming in and second year of Marvin Menzies. I will make you a mean pack. preseason, right? Yeah, yeah, preseason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Because yeah. I, I think right now that wouldn't be outlandish. No, right now I think I put them third this week because mm-hmm. I watched uh, after the football game title game last night. I was watching mostly of that. You watch more of the Arizona game than me. I will make a joke about late game situations, but I won't go there too much. I want to see a good one. They got to have a good one. You can't just hold the ball and shoot a three. Come on. Yeah. I did see Tyler Bischoff, uh, <laughs> deflecting some of those late game comments, but yeah, it's too bad because UNLV could reasonably be undefeated with wins over Utah, Northern Iowa and Arizona right now. And they could probably expect to be ranked if it weren't for just a couple late game possessions that could have gone a different way. So yeah, it's it's too bad, but I guess moving forward, it helps. Nev- uh, sorry, it helps UNLV with hopefully uh, improving their late game situations. But it was a shame how they finished out those Northern Iowa and Arizona games, both of which went to overtime. By the way, and they were leading. Like speaking of the UNLV Arizona game, I was watching most of that. Like I think I saw 
eight minutes and then overtime. So what about third of the game almost, but they were winning. Like their chances down low inside. They were a couple put back, put backs are missing. Try to do a couple like floaters to a few guys that either communication or Arizona just got in the way, but there, there's a couple chances where they blew it to for stuff to happen. Like there wasn't there late in the game. The, uh, was there some turnover late that went to Arizona for an easy layup? Like before the, to tie it to send it overtime. Is that kind of how it went that way? Trying to remember. Yeah, they, they had they gave up a number of easy buckets to Arizona. I know there was one stretch where the Wildcats converted seven consecutive field goals, so that was that was too bad down the stretch. And UNLV, I mean, you have to give them a lot of respect for how well they played in this game, and they controlled the majority of the game. They yeah. led by as much as thirteen in the second half. So that was uh, disappointing against the preseason number two team. Yeah, it's yeah exactly. So you can paint it both ways either. Uh, it's a shame that UNLV let this one go, but you also have to be impressed with how they played and how they've progressed throughout the season. So oh far. yeah, I am. I'm just saying, like, no, I'm not saying like, oh, it's disappointing they lost. It's it stinks they lost, but like they've shown they can. Like, who knows how good Arizona is for real? Because they were number two, they lost all those games in a row. They're probably mm-hmm. they're not as bad as they were in those losses. They're, and they may not. They're probably not as good as preseason expectations. So somewhere in the middle. Like odds are they they'll probably finish a top twenty team. That's I think that's safe to say. Yep. You'd hope so. You'd think so, but like, like who's going to guard Brandon McCoy in this conference? Nobody. Like, he's going to just anybody who tries to guard him. Like, who are the big guys? Like, we know Utah State has no big. Excuse me, no big guys. Maybe the Rams. Uh, maybe who's going to guard Aztecs defense? Going to get together and stop him? I don't think anybody's going to be able to slow him down that much. And and the same can probably be said about Shakir Jusin, who's been almost yeah. as good as Brandon McCoy to this point. It's there. If they win the league, we're in trouble because of what we said, but. <laughs> I, I will say this. So far, there are not Boise State fans who attack us on Twitter for one take. Despite <laughs> everything else being correct and accurate, that's I'm bitter about that, whatever. Uh, Matt wouldn't let me talk about it in the football show, so I'll move along here, I guess, too. <laughs> He's like, we're okay. Well, Actually, one one thing on that real quick. If if you and Ellie were to win the league in the end, that wouldn't be a bad thing because that would probably mean that two Mountain West teams, at least two Mountain West teams, would get to the NCAA tournament, right? I would think so, depending. Let's say they win the con- well. I think so because the way Nevada's playing right now, we'll get to, we'll talk mm-hmm. about them next year. But if they they're currently undefeated, and let's just say uh, UNLV wins a conference title in their own building, and they're better this year than they have been, yeah, you could say two, maybe three, depending on what Aztecs or Wyoming do. But yeah, that'd be great. That'd obviously be a good thing because Rebels uh, ask for like great wins on their schedule. There's not many, uh, not many on there, so they'd have to go like. Or not, I'm talking odd here, but you know what I mean? Like, there's the changes for great wins aren't there anymore. Illinois, that could be a decent win, obviously, but UNI, Arizona, depending on what Utah does. But yeah, I think you're correct. If UNLV gets in and they went, that could be mean um, double, um, doubling the amount of NCAA tournament teams. <laughs> yeah, it would be good. Yeah. Hey, what's up? We'll see. All right, let's move on to the Nevada Wolfpack. Depends on what it takes. So they are. They have a blemish, or no blemishes, sorry. What am I saying here? They're undefeated. They uh, are not ranked, and like I said, we'll talk about Seth Davis hating them. Should we go through, like, I know he, he's sort of kidding on Twitter, like, come after me, trolls, or whatever. I'm like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, uh, where's Nevada? Because the reason I mentioned that, UT Arlington, who is a low-major team, is going to be struggling to make a uh, at-large berth if they, what happened to them last year where they lost in the, uh, they're in the Sun Belt, correct, for basketball? Yes. Mm-hmm. They were they lost in the uh they had a guy his guard break his hand, I believe, and then they lost in the either finals or semis, I want to say. They played BYU 
run, ran him out of the gym in the NIT. Did that again this year to BYU and other teams. They're ranked. That's fine. They have lost, though. But here's my biggest um, pet beef. Rhode I scroll, 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 scroll. URI. I was like, is that Rhode Island? Yeah, that's Rhode, I- Rhode Island. Uh, Rhode Island 17th. Explain that to me. Hmm. Can you? Well, I guess first off, UT Arlington, they've got a really solid team this year. And, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I know everything about their team because I definitely don't. But I feel like Nevada, if Nevada and UT Arlington were to play on a neutral court, I'd oh, take boy. the Wolfpack every day of the week. I think and that Nevada's like much points. better. A thousand points in that game. Yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. Um, but in terms of Rhode Island, who's at 17, which Nevada beat, I think that one's a bit of an eyebrow raiser as well because uh, Rhode Island already has two losses on the year and two good teams, mind you, but Nevada was able to clean them up at home, 88-81 to 81 in the second game of the season. Uh, so that one's a bit confusing. I guess the good thing, though, for Wolfpack fans, you can't expect this team to be ranked on Monday. I I would put a large sum of money on that if I were a betting man. I, I definitely think they're going to be in the top 25, which will break the Mountain West streak. Um, and that leads nicely into what is a huge week for this team as they play Texas Tech on the road and they uh, play TCU at Staples Center. So Guys, stop. Big week for them. Hey, stop. Sure, is there 8 0? They are close to being ranked. Parrish over at CBS has them, what, 24, 23? And is uh, 25 I and 1. Think so, yeah. He does have Rhode Island at 25, which I can see that. I just see them being a top 20 team. I know it's early and it's more than just who played, but. Losses have to come into account a little bit early on. But, yeah, TCU, Texas Tech, whew, they – are they both ranked or is it just TCU that's ranked? They're both ranked right now, and um, Texas Tech suffered, suffered a loss this week to Seton Hall. So that's obviously um, – if you use the term good loss, I guess that's one because yeah, Seton Hall's got a good team. Mm-hmm. And TCU is still undefeated. So they're TCU and Nevada are two of the final 13, I think – I think it's the 13 undefeated teams yeah. in college basketball right now. So, yeah, those will be some great matchups this week. Hey, is Ken Palm doing his thing about when teams lose, there's this many undefeated teams now? Is he still doing that this year? Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Okay. I noticed, I forget where, I, st- I think the NCAA website did it, but he always mentions there are now X amount of teams undefeated. I always think that's interesting. 13. Syracuse was the last team to lose. 13. Yep. Okay, stop it. All right, so when they, um, have they... I'm trying to see. I'll say Rhode Island. Their schedule, Davidson's not bad. We already talked about them. UCI, Irvine, Big West, Illinois State. So it's at Texas Tech. That's on the 5th, which is what, Wednesday? Texas Tech games on Tuesday. TCU games on Friday. Two, ooh, Tuesday, Friday. It, mm-hmm. um, and then they play again on Sunday. Oh, sorry, following Sunday. My bad. Stop it. So is this game on TV? I see 6 p.m. Uh, Mountain Time. Uh... We should look this stuff up before we start talking sometimes. <laughs> the Nevada game, that's on Fox College Sports. Oh, so nobody gets it. And that one tips off at 5. Yeah, nobody gets it. Do you get Fox? Um, I thought that channel went away. Apparently not. It's, it's got, yeah. It's, and then Nevada TCU is on ESPNU, which it tips off at 1 a.m. Eastern. So, oh, boy. Uh, Want it? Bring your Coke or Sprite or beverage of choice. Spr- wait, Sprite will do nothing for you. Wait, what are you talking about, Sprite? <laughs> You're not a Sprite fan? No, I mean for caffeine or something. Oh, Sprite. Yeah, Sprite's the elite soda. Well, I'm just saying, if you want want to stay awake, you need something to help you out with that. Get a Red Bull or Dr. Pepper or Coke or something. Oh, man, I I can't do Red Bull. It's actually (laughs) midnight Eastern, so not one Eastern. That's good to know. 
Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So it says eleven fifty nine. So maybe you glance at that, but you can't do Red Bull. Mm. I sometimes mix when I'm in a, a pinch. I'll mix Dr Pepper and a Red Bull. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> what, oh, what's wrong God. with that? Come on, what's wrong with that? Well, I guess first I'm not huge on Dr Pepper, and then what? Red Bull, I just our friendship I, is over. Yeah. We're done. You don't like Dr Pepper? <laughs> <laughs> Podcast ended. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a wrap. <laughs> no, we're good. Is that is this the ham debate all over again? I was I was just about to bring it up, yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. So what is your beverage of choice? You like Sprite? I like Diet... Well, I actually drink Diet Dr. Pepper a bit. Um, you're a Sprite man? Yeah. Yeah, Sprite's, uh, Sprite's got to be number one. Hush. Okay, that's that's fine. I, I don't know why. It's, 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 good, not a, it's not a bad drink. It's, it's okay. I'm just curious. I see where you're coming from. I don't know. <laughs> I figure... Uh, whatever. It's okay. So they got TCU, Texas Tech... Would those two wins be enough to almost secure an at-large bid at this moment? Because I know it's super if early. Nevada, they're ten and zero. Go ahead. Ten and zero. Would that do something like they're on the inside or more than the outside? Uh, from okay. Well, first off, we have to assume that they perform as we expect them to perform in conference play. So, I'd say they won fourteen games in conference play last year with really no bad losses. I guess. So if they do Come about the store, as well Glenn. or better in conference play, now and they win both of those games, okay. then okay. yeah, I think you definitely have to mark up an at-large Shh. bid. But at the Close same point, if they lose both of those games, I don't think e- Rhode Island and Davidson at home is going to push the needle. You know, what about at Hawaii? Come on, it's a long road trip. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's. I mean, that is. I know. I mean, Hawaii's not great this year, but having those road wins, especially with the how the new tournament selection is set up with um, how they're bracketing and, and colon, colonizing, colonization. I don't know what I'm going with the that. Four, the four uh, columns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so how they're setting up and um, putting more, um, I guess, power into road victories, that does help Nevada because they have gone on the road and already won four games and uh, four tries this season. So that helps. But, man, a 2-0 just about locks it up, and 0-2 makes things really, really, really sketchy. They are both road, not home games because Texas Tech two road game TCU that neutral site over at the Staples Center, so it's uh, they 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 have to split those. They can't lose both of those, right? And mm-hmm. do you, what do you think? Are they better than both of those teams? Um, I don't I don't know. I think I think Texas Tech might be slightly overrated. I know very little about that team. Um, Chris Beard's there. He's doing his thing. We know him. Um, so I. I think they have a pretty solid roster. I think TCU is a better team, even though they are probably lower ranked in most of the ranking service that, that you look at. But they do have Jamie Dixon and a number of all Big 12 type players. So I think TCU probably presents the tougher matchup. And that one is being played at Staples Center, so that's an interesting venue for those two teams. Texas Tech is a true road game, as you said. So... I don't. I don't know if there's an easier or more difficult matchup. I think they're probably both about the same. So, one thing I expect, uh, it's going to be huge. It'll be big. One thing I expect a lot of points because both teams average over mm-hmm. eighty per game. So get the BPI. Mm-hmm. Basically, the TCU game's a toss up, fifty-two percent for the Horn Frogs. But then I get with Texas Tech. It's a road game. It's tough to get to. I guess that makes a difference. But they're giving them seventy percent chance to beat Nevada. Is that mostly 70. just? Is that just a home field, home court? I mean, is that the only real deal? Uh, it might be. I I read a couple of things online, and I don't I don't want anyone to take this for a fact, but I think I read that Texas Tech maybe doesn't have the 
greatest home court advantage in the country. They used to. So, yeah, I guess that is. I guess that is true, isn't it? Yeah, because I remember like they used to always be like uh, who's it, Darvin Ham or whatever used to play. They used to have some decent guys play there. They're always that team in the Big Twelve that'd be. I think they won the Big Twelve title once in a, when I was like kind of growing up a while ago, like decade ago, or whatever it was when Bobby, even before Bobby Knight was there. They were always that team where they'd always just screw over some team somewhere, but they're always like in the top four. Mm. Like they're always behind Kansas, behind typically Texas most times, uh, kind of in that range, like middle of the. I'd say they'd be middle of the pack, but they'd be good enough to be able to knock off if a team came to their place. And so that maybe okay. that's still the case. It's they're not as good as it used to be, but right, this might be their best team in a while because obviously new co- newish coach Chris Beard, what year? Yeah, year two. So they they do have a home court advantage, but maybe they're finally getting that back because they used to be a team where nobody wanted to go play there. It's hard to get to, which is a pain, same as Reno kind of. But they'd always like, no, knock off Texas at home. They'd knock off um, all the Big 12, like Colorado come to town. They'd knock off them. Well, that's a bad example. They're terrible in basketball. But, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. they'd play like Oklahoma is usually pretty good. They'd knock off teams like that occasionally. So I'm wondering if they're, they're back to that area. And we'll see other home quarters. We could check out that game. Well, no, maybe not. Sorry, it's on stupid Fox College Sports. It might be a little bit tough to get to. I guess one thing that's working in Nevada's favor is that um, te- Texas Tech will have plenty and plenty and plenty of chances to pick up quality victories once conference play rolls around. Almost mm-hmm. every team in the uh, Big 12 is rated in the top 40 in Kempom. But in terms of con- non-conference play for Texas Tech, Nevada will be the toughest team that they play in the long league schedule. They've played Northwestern and Boston College both on a neutral site. But besides that, they haven't played a top 215 team. Their other best team that they've played is Wofford. So uh, this will be one of their biggest challenges in the non-conference season for sure. Well, back-to-back, Seton Hall to Nevada. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. If they, that's their first test, they lose Nevada, the Seton Hall by 10. I'd say Nevada's in the same range as Seton Hall. So that could be a maybe another wake-up call for Texas Tech. And I, I can see a victory. Could be. I, I, th- I'd, I think I'd see a victory over TCU more so than Texas Tech because it's a true road. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they would do win both those games. But if you want to watch it, you'll need to get uh, it's not, Fox College Sports some research real quick. Not in HD. It'll cost you extra. It's not a, it's not like a channel. Oh, an upgrade to get to the next tier to add five channels. No, it's like in the sports pack for direct TV. You have to pay ten bucks. I'm like, I'm not doing that. So um, do do what you have to do to watch this game. That's all I'm saying. So there's a reasonable chance that the best game on Tuesday night. Or maybe not the best. One of the top five games on Tuesday night is even going to be publicly available. So let me ask you this because it potentially should be. Uh, will Texas Tech be ranked since they lost their last game? Do you think? Mm, they might be because I think a lot of those teams in that twenty to thirty range had up and down weeks. Maybe not. So I don't know. We'll see. But Three. it should still be, regardless, one of the better games of that week. I bring that up because it's going to be one of the few. It's gonna be it could be a top twenty five matchup between for each school, which would mm-hmm. be on a channel that's probably in fewer homes than even Pac twelve network. Mm-hmm, that's so fair. there are a couple of ranked te- rank versus ranked teams like you have the uh, Jimmy V Classic Villanova George Gonzaga. Don't say Georgetown, no, they're awful. Villanova Gonzaga and Virginia West Virginia. Those are the only other two currently teams that are ranked, and I assume all four will be ranked by them. But you could have again two ranked teams. Can't see it on TV. You, you can, though. Hey, if you want to buy tickets, Eli, three bucks. Mm-hmm. Three bucks. Twenty bucks? No, three bucks. Oh, three bucks. How much is the ticket down to Lubbock? <laughs> good, good question. That offsets <laughs> the, 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 the cheap tickets. So. 
We'll see, but man, I think I win that game. That'll be a good one. So um, let's get to New Mexico. I, I'm going to say it now, and they're going to hate me, but New Mexico is this year's uh, UNLV from last year. Uh, yeah, it, it's weird because we had that podcast after the first two games in which they averaged 120 something in those first two games, and they have just been pretty brutal since then. They've lost five of their last six games. We warned everybody don't get too excited. Do not get too excited. Yeah. Hey, we're right and this time. It, yes. <laughs> man, it, it's weird. And I also saw something from Jeff Grammer that he said something like, uh, or he reported on something. I didn't, I didn't read the entire article. I didn't get to it. But um, I did notice that in New Mexico's games against um, some of the better teams that they've played, like New Mexico State, TCU, and Maryland, their pace dropped way down as opposed to the games that they played against Evansville and UTEP and Omaha mm, and Tennessee okay. Tech. So that's a bit of an issue for me, first off. And and I didn't expect them to win many of these games up until this point, but their philosophy heading into the year was run up and down, you know, like, like we've talked about. They want to run up and down. They want to create havoc, but they weren't able to do that against the better teams. So I think controlling the pace is going to be pretty big for them, and they were unable to do that in most of their losses to this point. Yeah, it's a big deal. Like if you're gonna, if you want to stick with your system, you got to do it the whole time. I get right. you're not gonna score 100 points every game. They've already done that the uh, two times, nearly three times this year. But if you're gonna run, like let the other team adjust to you. Like if you want to run and go up and down the court and do that, don't change your pace because you're playing a team that you think is better than you or that is better than you. Because mm-hmm. that, like it's just gonna screw you up. Where okay, we only score sixty-seven points for TCU and nearly beat them, but that's like that's over ha- fewer than half the points against Northern New Mexico, which I get the competition, but their pace needs to be something, or their strategy needs to not change from game to game. If they happen to score seventy points, so be it. But don't slow down your game or change just because you're playing. You may slow down. There's always situational stuff. You may slow down, or the team may force it because how they play. But yeah, stick with what you're doing. And that's going to lead to a very up and out season. They lose to UTEP, which is, I was going to change my phrase. I was going to say great, but I meant to say great. The rivalry is back. But they lose to UTEP. Who, who's your coach? Tim Floyd just quit after one game. He's like, I'm out of here. I'm like, how do you lose to UTEP? This game, it was a 12 point game, was not even that close. UTEP was up the whole game, just cruising. And I don't know what they're doing, but you, your coach quits on you and you lose to UTEP? Come on. Yeah, it's it's not good. And I'm, I'm looking at. Ken Palm right now and what they've done against the weaker teams. So against Northern New Mexico, Omaha, Tennessee Tech, and UTEP, um, those were the four weakest teams that they've played so far. They recorded 100 possessions, 87 possessions, 85 possessions, 78 possessions. So they just flew up and down the court in those games against weaker teams. And then against the four tougher teams that they've played, New Mexico State, TCU, Maryland, and Evansville, they had 67 possessions, 71 possessions, 71 possessions, and 68 possessions. So that's a massive difference. That's almost like a 15 to 20 possession difference um, between quality teams and non-quality teams. So that's definitely a concern for me moving forward because you want to see them play their type of style regardless of who the opponent is. But if they're not able to control the pos- uh, possessions or control the game against tougher opponents, that doesn't bode well for the rest of the year. And just really quick, who they play? They got at Colorado, probably not going to win. Host to Mexico State, why would they win that game? Hosting Arizona, no way. They're not going to make that good. I'm, I'm serious, like Rice, they're, all, they're not going to play basketball. They should beat Rice, but they're, it's at home. But they're they're going to 
watch versus Rice and is it Prairie View A and M that team is? Yeah, Prairie View A and M. Mm-hmm. They're probably gonna score like 180 points in those two games combined. They might get like 75 against Arizona and Colorado combined. I don't know. I'm just saying, like it's uh they're gonna be a tough go. Like I don't know. That's gonna be difficult for them to do much of anything. All right, uh, so we get to Air Force real quick. They kind of surprised a little bit. Sure. They beat Denver, which something well, I mean, can say they can't can't say. <laughs> That's so bizarre. They were what, what did you say? They're down by twenty something points versus Denver. They trailed twenty seven to five with ten minutes left in the first half. How does that happen? And then they come I back. Don't know. Yeah, they stormed it, back. They their minimum win probability was three point one percent for the whole game or at the end. Uh, at that point when it was twenty-seven to five. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you meant like the pregame or that's a cool stat. I know people hate it, especially in baseball, which I can get behind because mm-hmm. if it's in the second inning and it's three to one, it's like how can you <laughs> right, right predict predict? I guess basketball is a little different. Uh, it's kind of the same, but it's like it's like predicting it's three to one. Your best player has two fouls and there's eighteen minutes and ten seconds left in the whole in the first half. Like, yeah, they, <laughs> right, right. Well, it's like wait till almost halftime to get those stuff in, but. It's a fun mm-hmm. tool just to screw around with to look at and see how it's going. But Air Force, Definitely. they're four and three, losing to teams we thought they'd lose to. Who's WCK? They got next week. That's a um, Western State. That's college? Western State, yeah. But if you look at ESPN, Western State coal, then three colons. <laughs> I don't. I did read hmm. something interesting over in the uh, Colorado Springs Gazette about the head coach talking with um, football basketball talking about. To, uh, excuse me, talking to a Troy Calhoun about their practice schedule. And so, like, what do you do? He's like, what do you do before games? Do you practice? Do you work out? Do you walk through? So they've changed up their practice schedule a little bit for road games. And so they say that's sort of um, – I was hoping it was they play 20 guys like they have and just press the heck out of everybody because <laughs> why not? <laughs> but they're talking with the with the football coach about, what are you guys doing for uh, for this? What are you guys doing? How can you how, – how do you handle doing these type of games when you're on the road? How do you practice? And while football is different than basketball – he gets some good points about, hey, we, we do practice before these games or we don't practice. So he's uh, learning. Out, it's a good way because it's like, well, what can I learn from this other team that's very successful? And he's and Dave Popovich is uh, getting, like I said, from Troy Calhoun to end their losing streak, which I think it takes more than adjusting your practice schedule when you're down 20 points to get a victory. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, yeah, that is true. And they did notch their first road victory dating back to – December nineteenth of twenty fifteen, they they beat wow. Denver on the road on Saturday. So uh, maybe it has something to do with that practice schedule. You never know. But it's cool that the Falcons have forty one four games on the year in a season that they weren't projected to do much. And so good road win against Denver. It looks like it's an energy thing. Let me read exactly because I know I was stumbling around what it was. So here's what Calhoun's suggestion was to Pilpit. Um, sorry, he said, "Why?" He's like, "Why don't you do something on the road before your flight takes off?" And the basketball coach said, so we changed that. We watched film, we walked through, and we didn't do anything Thursday except that we did except what we did there in the hotel. Then we had an hour and 15-minute practice, hard practice Friday, and I think that helped the legs where we had the second half to win that game. So just changing things up. Like, so don't practice before your flight. So practice after they landed because flying could be a drain, even if it's a short flight or whatever. They didn't fly to Denver, obviously, because they're Colorado Springs. I would think it's like a 20-minute drive, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like that. That's that's little things. Like, okay, what can we do in the hotel before? Then we can practice when we get there. Just have practicing before and be just tired on a flight, I guess. So it's just some small things. And heck, anything Air Force can do to get better, it's got to be good for them because they're getting a little more confidence. Maybe they'll give them a couple extra wins this year. But it's not like their schedule is tough. Western College, uh, 
was AC is at Abilene Christian, I believe. They should mm-hmm. win that game. They'll get a couple more wins, but uh, there's not much special for this team. But it's just good to see them have a gr- crazy come from behind victory, and they're four and three. They're not the worst team in the conference. No, and and, and like we said in the preseason, I, I mean the Air Force team doesn't have a ton of talent or athleticism. They're they're not the most skilled roster in the league. We know that. But what we wanted Dave Pilipovich and the staff to do was just be kind of creative with how they approach the season. Maybe you want to run 75, 80 possessions like New Mexico does, or maybe you want to press or shoot a ton of threes. Just do something to be a bit more creative and unorthodox, and maybe you can scratch out a few victories along the way. So real quick, they have 10 players, who, which he's flying my strategy, so I bet, I'm sure he listened. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Ten players <laughs> averaging more than thirteen minutes per game. Eleventh is at nine and a half minutes per game. And so, all right, the like, Air Force way. I'm just saying, like, that makes sense. Like, if you're not that good, which we know they're not going to be very good, but take it to them, run the ball, run mm-hmm. it, go up and down the courts, do five in, five out, four and four out every now and then, make teams work, work to your pace. And I think that's they're sort of doing that. Well, not really. They're playing that guy, that many guys, but they're only averaging right around seventy points per game. So there's. They're doing the right thing at the moment, but I just think just run, man. Why not? These guys, you're you're at altitude. You're at the high, outside of Wyoming. You're one of the highest places in the country. Why can't they, when they get teams to come down, just run them out of the gym? Yeah, I mean, you definitely have like well trained players on your roster. If you're one of the academy teams, mm-hmm. then you're definitely going to have players that aren't going that are going to have issues with things like fatigue or. Um, like being able to be well trained, so they definitely have some guys there that are um, well trained and they shouldn't have issues with stamina. So, yeah, if you want to put in twelve, fifteen guys a game and just run up and down, I think that's probably a wise and interesting thing to do. Mm-hmm. And we'll have one more show before we do this, but they play Army at Madison Square Garden on December thirteenth. That'll be pretty cool. Definitely. That game, I don't know if it's on TV or what. It's nothing listed yet, but we'll see. It better be somewhere. If it's at MSG, you think I'd want to. Neutral site. I know it's a doubleheader with, uh, oh crap, I forget the other two teams, but uh, it's something pretty cool to see. All right, so the other two are Iona and St. John's. Ah, uh, okay. That's which game's first? Do you know? It looks like Air Force Army is at ten thirty a.m. Pacific, mm-hmm. and then Iona St. John's is at one thirty Pacific. That should be good because hopefully those local teams will fill up the hope fill up the arena or somewhat <laughs> about halfway yeah, through because. Yeah, because uh, Iona, right there in New York City, so, or close to it, St. John's right there too. So a couple of subway stops away, and they're in, they're in the arena. So it's, it's pretty cool how that came out to be. So we'll keep an eye on that one, see what goes down, and find out what TV network it's on because it'd be on somewhere. Why would you have those teams at MSG if it's not going to be showcased at some point? Exactly, yeah. All right, let's get to Boise State. For those who don't have Pac-12 Network, like me, we missed it all. Mm, you missed a good one. I was at a movie that night. That's okay. That's cool. I, I can have a life outside of all this stuff sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was it a good movie? I saw. Yeah, I saw. Um, the um, was it three billboards outside of was it Ebbing's, Missouri? Ebbing, Missouri. Have you heard of that movie? No, I know. I know like nothing about movies. That's okay. It's uh, it's a pretty good movie. <laughs> it's a, it's kind of quirky, but it was good. I liked it. So but there's no need to go into that because it's way off topic and kind of weird. So um. <laughs> Stuff I like. So, all right. So they played uh, Oregon. They also really quick beat Portland today as well, which is nice. So they played Oregon, who was at the time ranked. Am I correct on that? No, not ranked this year. Five and three. Not ranked yet. Five and five and two. Basically, comes down to a 
half court buzzer beater. Man, that was awesome. It was. That, it was. It was really cool how the second half uh, came to be. I guess because Boise State and Oregon, the last two times that these two teams have played, both of the games have come down to the final minute, and it happened again in Eugene on Friday. So that was just an excellent finish. Yeah, the game like Boise was down. They had to overcome that deficit. Where uh, it would have been overtime. Like the shot, if he, it's like okay, we can play for overtime. Yeah, a couple seconds. You're gonna do something and try to make a. You're not just gonna dribble the ball like taking knee in football, but game was tied. Let's just take the shot. Oh, I made it. Game over. Let's go home, folks. <laughs> get out of there with a win over a quality Oregon team. He's pretty open too. How does he get? How does Lexus Williams get that open? I don't know if you remember the Northern Iowa Texas game from a few years back in the tournament, but it was almost the same exact scenario because um, Texas was down two. Almost, it was almost the same exact situation. I actually tweeted something about it, mm-hmm. but I saw that. Yeah, uh, te- Texas. Yeah, the Texas guard tied the game up with a layup, which is what Peyton Pritchard did for Oregon, which tied the game at seventy on Friday night, and uh, Boise State inbounded it with I don't think any more than three and a half seconds left, and Alexis Williams drove down uh, drove down the court, and it looks like Chandler Hutchison was calling for the ball. I assumed that he would get it at some point, but he just lobbed up this flailing um, yeah. it was like one-legged half-court yeah. attempt. Yeah, it's like he just drilled it. He kind of went behind a few players to kind of shield himself from the Oregon guys a bit, but this game could have gone like, could have ended like four different times, almost three different times almost. Mm. Because or- seven seconds left, there's a foul on Roman Sorkin late in the game, then... Uh, Shane Felder gets a couple free throws, makes both. Unlike Hutchinson, who missed one earlier, so he only made one too. But, okay, they're up two. Seven seconds left. Maybe we win. No, Oregon Pritchard makes his own layup to tie it. It's like <laughs> this game, like the last minute, there is a back and forth a little bit because the last minute there wasn't many. Like, field goal, this game was a free throw contest. Do you know the last – okay, you probably know this, but the last field goal, um, the last second last field goal was made by Elijah Brown. <laughs> he made really? A, he made a three-pointer to go up by one. <laughs> Was that three of his five, seventeen? Was that three that. three of his five points in that game? What did he have that that, that night? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, he, he did, did have good. seventeen he against Boise, so he, he had a pretty good performance. Yeah, six of fifteen, sure. No I'm kidding. <laughs> we know. We know. I mean, it's not great, but it, it could be worse. Yeah, last game, whatever it was, two of five, five points, five fouls. <laughs> oh, PK eighty was rough. Yeah, but we'll we'll keep an eye on him sometimes if they play a Mountain West team mm-hmm. again. But it's just fun because we know what he is. So Oregon fans, uh, sorry folks, you know he's going to go like four of twelve. He may have four, a five of five game, but that's going to be rare. But yeah, this game, like three points out, Oregon didn't do well. Neither Boise defense has kind of ruled the day in this matchup. But you get a road victory against a Pac-12 team, and Oregon is usually pretty good. It's a uh, can't go wrong with that. And Boise sitting at seven to one. Hey, I. Th- there's a lot to like about this Boise State team, and I, I've mentioned this on the prior podcast that, sure, they're, I mean, now they're 8-1 with that win over Portland, um, but what they've done, oh, yeah, even yeah. without the benefit of Chandler Hutchison in a couple of these games, he, he missed a couple, and then he had one of the one game where he only attempted, I think, four or five shots, and they've been pretty much fine without him, even in that Iowa State game when he injured his head, Boise State oh, yeah. came back and nearly won that one, so... Um, it'll be cool to see what Boise State does when Hutchison's at his best because he's got some excellent uh, sidekicks in Sangfelder and Justinian Jessup who have been great from the perimeter. And uh, Hutchison notched, notched his first ever triple-double, and I think it was the first 
It was the first one in years, but it was one of, I think, five triple-doubles in Mountain West history. So he's Ooh. coming around, and this team could be a really, really tough out uh, so once February and March rolls around. Like, they have a decent non-conference game coming up. They got SMU. They got Grand Canyon, too, coming up on the 13th. So Grand Canyon did somehow lost to San Diego, which is weird to the Toreros, but yeah, whatever. They got Sac State. They should win. So they could be sitting at, by the time they play CSU, 11-1 maybe. They could be, and they would have at least three, maybe four quality victories on that schedule, so that'd be good. Yeah, we'll talk about SMU later, but they're sitting at seven and two. That's they'll probably be favored, but that's a good matchup. So, any other teams we need to talk about? Uh, I know we didn't hit everybody today. Um, I think that's about it. We covered most teams. Utah State's had uh, a couple tough games. They've got McEwen back, so. They, they should be fine. San Jose State struggling, I guess. Watch their um, nine uh, nine day classic or Facebook page, whatever it is. That's right. Yeah, check. go check that. I have. I need to give that a look. See what that's all about. It's good. Behind uh, the we did stuff. cover most of the teams, though. We do. We it, also it's a uh, basketball. We can't watch them all, so I don't want to talk about a game or team I didn't see. Like uh, Colorado State, they beat Colorado. That's good, right? So, oh, really quick that about the Rams. Um, you stay. She's like, well, I think our offense has done well. The other teams just scored more points than us. It's like, come on, coach. Mm. And then who is it? Justin Michael from uh, for right stuff, the Collegian or something. He put out a tweet of like their stats. They're like three hundred or worse, like in every offensive category. Oh, <laughs> it's like yeah. Stacy, come on, what are you doing? Yeah, it it's uh, they've had their fair share of issues on the offensive side, but they did look they look, did look decent in that Colorado game. I was able to watch that one, and uh, the Rams did put in some points. And we've mentioned it before when you lose guys like. Gene Clavel and Emmanuel Mongo, it's going to be difficult, but when your top scorer doesn't shoot over 40%, which has been the case for Prentice Nixon for most of the season, it's going to be difficult. But they did play well against Colorado, got a win over what was an undefeated team until they lost to the Rams, so that's a good victory for CSU. And um, they've they've got their hands full this week, too, because they have to go on the road, play Arkansas and Oregon. So uh, the Ducks Mountain West uh, tour continues. All right, so let's finish up real quick because we want to talk about this last show, but we did not. The whack might be falling, might be dead. Should we talk about this a quick 10 minutes? <laughs> sure. So the whack has uh, currently 18, is that right? We should look at this. I think before. so, yeah. They're, I know they're gaining Cal Baptist next year, which will get the, which was sort of broken by a radio show worked out, which is kind of cool. The president just started nonchalantly chatting about UVU and. Hey, we're going to add Cal Baptist pretty soon. <laughs> it, on a post-game show, nobody well, listens to you, or not many people, but I treated that out. That got, that got fired pretty quick. They have eight teams now. They're going to get Cal Baptist. Great, but they're losing Bakersfield to, to uh, the Big West? Is that how it's coming down to be? Yeah, so, so they'll still maintain eight teams in the conference, but they do lose Bakersfield, which has been one of the league's better basketball programs over the last few years. They won 25 games last season, and they did make the tournament the year before, so they have been one of the WAC's better programs. But, yeah, the WAC gets gutted again. They've lost so many quality programs over the last decade or so. And the Mountain West is guilty of yeah. stealing some of those programs, but are, yeah. it's it's really interesting. So here's where we're going to get at real quick. So Chicago State, it's been well documented. They're basically losing a ton of money. And they potentially could drop athletics. That's a big deal. It's widespread. Really? Com- yeah, yeah. It's widespread conference. Chicago, Missouri, mm-hmm. Kansas City. You have teams in Texas, Seattle, Utah Valley, Great Phoenix, and Grand Canyon. 
I wrote about this a while ago when they uh, Craig Thompson did not want Wichita State because of the football thing. I'll never get over that. But you and me, bro, you, I think you're in great agree, agreement with me. Raid the whack again, right? <laughs> There's a couple teams that could be worth adding. Yeah, you've got three quality ones at the top with New Mexico State and Grand Canyon and Utah Valley. Uh, if it were to work, because it's a football thing, and I know you're not up to date on everything football of what it goes, what happens. But there's twelve football teams. <laughs> you know, there's Purdue stole a spot. Shook my fist at you for Aztec fans are going to hate Purdue forever. <laughs> but it's okay though. Uh, but there's twelve teams. So and obviously, you know, even numbers is better than not even numbers for stuff like that. So Grand Canyon, no football. Utah Valley, no football. The only team that has football, I believe, is New Mexico State, and they're they got kicked out of the Sun Belt. That's why they're in the whack at this moment. I believe, well, football they did. They want to plan to be a football independent. Mountain West said no a while ago to get them in Idaho, which I'm fine with that conversation because now they're really good at football. New Mexico State's going to bowl game this year, convincingly or not convincingly, coincidentally playing Utah State. So there's that. Some that little nuggets, <laughs> but. People are saying, get rid of San Jose State. You don't want to get rid of teams. I don't think that's the case. But if I had my ID, ideal scenario, if you're not getting Wichita State, which passed, you're not getting Gonzaga or anybody, honestly, probably just add one team like Grand Canyon and be done with it. Because I wrote about before we got Phoenix Market. They added to their, uh, well, I guess sort of the market. I can't say they will for sure because there's only, whatever. They expanded the arena. They're really good at home. Dan Marley seems like he wants to stay there. They're a pretty good team. They Then they could maybe host a tournament in Phoenix, and that would help a little bit out. But... Add them, that's a good team. And if you want to go big, I, I mentioned this a while ago, and I think this could be the best scenario because you're at 12 teams in a – well, a couple options. You're at 12 teams of football. So some people are like, well, why don't you add to Mexico State? Well, that's 13. A couple options you could do. You could go with just Green Canyon at 12, which I think that one team would be fine. But why not add to Mexico State? They already play the Lobos every year. And then you add um, either – I like Utah Valley. Everybody knows I like them too much, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but – why not go big and get to a? Uh, I don't know. I, th- I, I thought this great. I thought this out better before. But like, add UTEP for football, and basketball, and then add Grand Va- Grand Canyon. Why not? That's an option too. And then, and there, sorry, and then New Mexico State as well. That'd give you fourteen football teams with New Mexico State, and UTEP, and then Grand Canyon for basketball. Those are decent options. UTEP's been okay, but getting back, they like you. You probably know this. They played most of these Mountain West teams forever back when they were the WAC. So it's not like it's a stretch to add them, and it fits geographically. Yeah, I I would not be opposed to that. So you're saying UTEP, Grand Canyon, and New Mexico State? Yeah, that'd give you four. That'd give you uh, two more, um, uh, three more basketball teams to get you to 14, and then mm-hmm. New Mexico State and UTEP football get you to 14 of football. Um, that would yeah that I mean that does make logical sense, and like you said, it still maintains geography. You have some quality basketball programs coming in, and, and then New Mexico and New Mexico State would play twice a year like they usually do. And those are uh, basketball programs on the rise. I guess, I mean, maybe not UTEP because they've run into a tough spot these yeah, last they, handful of they've years. They've had history, of being, even outside of being Texas Western. They've had, they've won, they beat Memphis once to win the Conference USA title. What? Yeah, they have good program tradition for sure. It's uh, I don't know if they'll do it. Like, I know basketball doesn't bring money, but... I'm saying there's potential, and with Grand Canyon, I know the for-profit thing's kind of, uh, people aren't too happy with it, for being because isn't the Pac-12 still standing not to play them because of that? I, I know they did. I think so. I know they did. Yeah, a, there are some schools that don't like it. 
I know they did at one point, but if they're going to bring in money for football, that's you never know. It's like you don't bank on that, but that's something that could be pretty big if they get behind football like they do basketball. They, I don't know. I just think if if the wax, I don't want to just kill a conference because it's unfortunate for all the other schools and everything. But at the same time, you got to look out for yourself. And I think adding, I think the simplest would be just add like Grand Canyon, really. You know what I mean? Just add them. Be done with it. You're good. But New Mexico mm-hmm. State. There's even a way, like I like getting Utah Valley somehow back in the conference could be a possibility because that would help out get a little bit more Utah market. Utah State, Utah Valley play every year, twice a year, be a decent game. You saw Utah Valley sold out, sold out when they played BYU last week. Pretty big, pretty good crowd there in their five thousand mm. seat arena. So I tried to get tickets, man. It's like forty bucks a pop. I'm like, oh, never mind, not doing that. Mm. And so, and like, it is an up and it is an up and coming program, though. For and sure. Johnny, Mark, Mark my Pope. question, Mark Pope, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, my question to you, I guess, is if Craig Thompson isn't, and, and this isn't like intended to, I guess, negate your argument because I because I do like what you propose, but do you think Craig Thompson would be willing to add other basketball only programs to the conference if he already turned down Wichita? I would say he wouldn't because that's like the best team you could add outside of getting Gonzaga. Wichita State is mm-hmm. on the, basically on the same level as Gonzaga. So if you're not going to bring in a top 10 basketball program, why would you bring in Grand Canyon? Why would you bring in Mexico yeah. State? And so he whiffed there. It's like, who cares if they want football or not? Bring them in. I get geography. Ge- here's the thing. Wichita State, geographically, it was almost a wash. Slightly better to the American. But here's the thing. you got to go to Texas to play Dallas. you got to play, um, you know what I mean? You There's no, Creighton's in the Big East. But like you're traveling-wise, the American is – negligible compared to Mountain West. Yeah, you go to San Diego State, but there's teams uh, on the East Coast, like on the coast in the American Conference, UConn. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're going... Oh, man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm looking at the WAC right now and the geography of this league yeah. looks horrible. You're telling Seattle, me... Seattle, Chicago, California, Texas. Texas. Yeah. You're telling me Utah Valley wouldn't want to be drive up to drive to a conference game against Utah State? They wouldn't mind hopping in the airport and taking a quick 90-minute flight to Las Vegas? Their longest trip would be uh, getting to probably Laramie, depending on how they get out there. And so it's like, well... It, it makes sense. But you're right. Like, If they're not going to add Wichita State, who would they add? And so maybe it just yeah, steps that's, there. Yeah, that's the thing. And the thing is, Wichita that, State wanted the conference. Wanted to join. It's like, I I get basketball doesn't bring money, but it, would, it wouldn't it decrease the value. You'd have a couple more games to sell. They're already a top 10 team, and they're playing a better conference than the uh, Missouri Valley. By at least by a little bit, I'd say at the top. And like, if you UNLV is not back in the rise, Aztecs are going to be fine. New Mexico should get back there soon. Paul, where all these teams, Boise State's better than they used to be. Like you're telling me, this couldn't couldn't be like a three to five bid league team if everybody's on on the right cylinder from the get go in a couple mm-hmm. years. It's like, come on. So you're right. If they're not going to add them, who? Why would they add anybody else? I think that no one wants to look like. The old Big East. Especially in a place of, especially when you're in a position of power like Craig Thompson is, no one wants to admit that they're wrong. And I think that just about everyone would agree that Thompson was wrong about not including Wichita in the conference last year. And so I think even if he might have warmed up to the idea of adding a basketball only program to the conference, I think that he'd face a lot of backlash from fans and media for, like, okay, you accept. Grand Canyon, but why don't you accept Wichita? You know, yeah, so I don't I think that. anyone wants to look like the guy that um, maybe doesn't have a backbone or, or maybe admits <laughs> that they're wrong because it's just a, it's just a bad look, you know. And then also, like, this wouldn't be the first mistake because he passed on Boise State. They took TCU over Boise State back in the day, 
And so there's he's already done that, but so it's like, well, he corrected that mistake, but whatever. We know football brings the money, but there's there's options and reasons why there's reasons for it and against it. Because if you add more teams, and we'll wrap real quick, we don't need to go too much on this in season here, but if they're going to if they add more teams, that means fewer times San Diego State, UNLV or New Mexico and I guess New York over here in San Diego. I mean, the fewer times rivals play each other. Fewer times Air Force and San Diego, Colorado State player. Why well, I mean CSU for the bronze boot in basketball. That's just a uh, fewer times Fresno San Diego State play. So there's that concern. <laughs> but man, you get NCAA credits. You get better exposure. It'll probably help your TV deal a little bit. Maybe who knows? Maybe a million dollars or life the contract. But you telling me each school couldn't wouldn't like an extra twenty grand a year for ten years or something? Just saying, like every every penny counts, and when you're not in a big time league, so I'd I'd be for it. But that's, that's all I got. We'll see, we'll see. I think we're good. I think we exhausted. We did go an hour somehow, but jeez, <laughs> <laughs> we make it work just for you guys. So that's it for today. So check out our basketball stuff. We got power rankings, report cards. I'll be starting very soon. The uh, well, two things I want to start soon. One will be kind of the daily Ken Palm RPI look, which would be kind of fascinating to see what good wins or not good wins teams have and then also I want to look into may take a little research but what does it take to be the player of the year in a conference so that could be pretty who cool who do you think would be player of the year right now oh, just real quick oh man you're putting me on the spot what yeah Carolina <laughs> on, on stats alone how about stats alone I gotta look at some stats I don't have everybody's stats in front of me I know Carolina's pretty oh, good that's true. That's gonna make McCoy's it, doing yeah. quite well he's freshman of the year I'll give yeah. you that right now is that good easy is that the yeah. answer for you Sure. Who I'll take who would you put then? Who's your best player? Chandler Hutchinson. I I think just uh, with Hutchinson, he's he's uh, already missed a couple games and mm-hmm. he's had a few games where he's needed to bounce back. So uh, McCoy or Caroline probably the Martin twins have been excellent for Nevada, but mm-hmm. maybe not player of the year quite yet. But yeah, I'd probably have to go. Yeah, I think I probably have to go with Brandon McCoy at the moment. Watson has okay numbers, not great. Uh, Trey Kell's doing okay, kind of a multi-versatile guy with the what five rebounds, three and a half steals, or three and a half assists per game, fourteen points. So, get back to me because what I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is I need three and a half. Yeah, dig it. it's still early. Uh, I'm gonna look at like the numbers. Like I know it's gonna be skewed from a few years, like the Jimmer year when he won it, but I think that's a cool way to look at. It. Like okay, from the past 19, 18 years or so, what stats was Player of the Year, and kind of go off of that because that's yep. a, that's a fun way to look at something different. So I promise I'll get on that probably by Friday. I'm hoping. So that's all I got for today. Whenever you're listening to this, um, there's games Monday. So we just for, for record, Sunday night we recorded this. So the rankings we mentioned will be all wrong, of course, just because they come out Monday afternoon. <laughs> but uh, that's all I got for today. Check out Eli Betker. He, does, he tweets everything for basketball mostly. It's probably him, especially when it looks smart. It's definitely him. <laughs> Compared to, oh, man, I've got my fair share of dumb takes, and you and Healthy's one of them. Uh, one quick, a couple, one quick game I want to mention too. You got um, Colorado State at Arkansas on Tuesday, so definitely check that out on SEC Plus. And then I also mentioned Nevada, Texas Tech. Just a couple games, really quick. I want to go through Nevada, Colorado. We mentioned, or excuse me, New Mexico. No games Thursday. How's that happen? No games. What is that? Finals week, right? I get it. I get a day off. Yeah. <laughs> and if you can, if you have Pac-12 Network, uh, Friday you got a Colorado State at Oregon and Nevada at TCU on the uh, ESPNU. And yeah, that's all the games we'll go through right now. But here's the thing: we'll be back probably Sunday. I'm thinking. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds good. We'll go man. about once. We'll go Sunday because there's no game Sunday. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. We will definitely uh, do that. But that's the show for today. Check us out: Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes. Uh, where else you get to? Where do you get podcasts from? Anywhere, right? 
<laughs> just go to google.com, turn Mountain West Wire, and you'll find us. Mountain West Wire Podcast or mwwire.com. Five stars. Tell us how you feel, even if you hate us. Because, yeah. <laughs> and as always, we'll end it. Yeah, we're biased against your team. <laughs>